It is with great joy that I present this conversation with artist Caledonia Curry, known globally as Swoon. As an admirer of her work since first seeing a wheat paste on the streets of Brooklyn in the early 2000s, it was a true honor to sit across the table from one another and talk a bit about her journey as an artist and where she is headed in her practice. We chatted tucked away in the back room of Container, a new 5,000 square foot shipping container art space led by Tonya Turner Carroll and Michael Carroll, and which brings touring museum exhibitions at the forefront of contemporary artistic dialogues to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Swoon Seven Contemplations exhibition opened the new space. This exquisite retrospective consumes the entire building and includes elements of Cali's street art career, large-scale installations, and video works. In our conversation, Cali reflects on how art has been a healing practice for her throughout life. She talks about her pivot from art school to street art in a time before the genre's fame in the global art market and untangles the complexity of being a woman artist in male-dominated spaces of that time while giving credit to the continued brilliance of the next generation who are teaching us the expanse of the gender spectrum. We end our conversation with notes on the impact of accessing and valuing experiences of artists who came before, such as a mentor of hers, Judy Chicago. As we hear the opening reception filling up in the gallery space just beyond our cozy interview spot, Callie offers a bit of fearless inspiration imploring us as artists to always follow the impulse in order to unlock the next gift and adventure. And although it feels honest to state that Swoon needs no introduction, I'd like to read a brief bio sourced from her website to create a visual map of her career and to celebrate where she has been and what is coming next and to set the stage for our conversation. Caledonia Curry, known as Swoon, is a contemporary artist and filmmaker recognized around the world for her pioneering vision of public artwork. Through intimate portraits, immersive installations, and multi-year community-based projects, she has spent over 20 years exploring the depths of human complexity by mobilizing her artwork to fundamentally re-envision the communities we live in towards a more just and equitable world. She is best known as one of the first women street artists to gain international recognition in a male-dominated field, pushing the conceptual limits of the genre and paving the way for a generation of women street artists. Her recent work has been focused on the relationship of trauma and addiction through community partnerships that center compassion and the transformative power of art Curry draws on her personal history growing up in an opioid-addicted family as a catalyst for connection and healing. She is currently developing a full-length narrative movie which will bring together drawing, immersive installation, stop-motion animation, and her collaborative works with the traditions of storytelling through film. Thank you for being on Broken Boxes, Kelly. <laughs> I feel... Like I'm having such an art crush right now and I'm like sweating and like nervous and we're in the back of your gallery. Yeah, like in a storage closet. <laughs> and Somebody just shut us in with a giant door. <laughs> I know, we're like, well, here we are, the interrogation. <laughs> Who's interrogating who? 
but I just wanted to preface uh, before we jump in is like um, I've been a fan of your works. I probably first saw your work in Brooklyn in I think it was 2003. I was trying to remember. It was a paste up on a wall, like a wheat paste. And um, we were there visiting um, at, for other art stuff. And I just, I was blown away by like the the intention with the architecture, like renderings that you had mm-hmm. woven into like the um, the human form mm-hmm. and I'd never seen anything like that, and it kind of catapulted me into another world. And um, since then, I've just been a complete uh, fangirl of your work. Like, every project that you have a Kickstarter of, I'm, like, buying swag and, like, (laughs) all of it. So um, I just wanted to say it's such an honor to have you here, and thank you for making the space. And um, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and how you identify anything that you feel comfortable sharing about your practice, and we'll just go from there. So um, my name is Caledonia Curry, and I have an artist name that I've gone by for many years, which is Swoon, and that started because I was working outside on the street. And I, uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I, um, I have a pretty varied practice. But you know what's so nice as an artist is to meet somebody, like you said, where you have... Um, followed my different projects over the years like that is such a huge honor too to be with somebody who really who really sees your your whole pro you know your whole process because it's like you work for your whole life and it's very hard everyone's there's so many creative people and we're all doing so many things it's very hard to really follow sometimes and so whenever somebody says that they have that kind of awareness I'm always really grateful for that so thank you <laughs> yeah no worries yeah you started uh, what like what is the starting point where you were like art is something that is kind of like going to be with me forever it's going to mm-hmm. save save parts of me is going to mm-hmm. help me to thrive like what was that moment yeah. Well, I, you know, I always say that it was when I took this painting class when I was 10, but I do think it actually did start earlier. It was, you know, it was moments of, I, I was like, you know, just a, one of those quiet kids that loved to j- draw and do, do different things, but it was, you know, drawing was the thing I also got a lot of affirmation for. And I think I was at that place in my life where I just desperately needed affirmation. Mm. And so anything that people were going to give me positivity around was going to also be really important for me, you know? Um, and so, you know, there were, there were little moments where like, you know, I remember being a third grader and I got into this sculpture project to like honor like a janitor and everybody else was in fifth or sixth grade and I was only third grader. And I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing in this? You know, it's so cool. And so like, there was always that like sense of being like, this is something that's a little special for me. Like, oh, I'm getting picked last for soccer, okay, but I'm getting picked first for this. Mm, (laughs) You know, and not only was it, it was that I loved it, but also, you know, it was just like that thing of how do you build your self-esteem and how do you add value? How do you do things that people, you know, feel excited about? And, you know, um, some people say, oh, you should only make your art for yourself. But I think for me, it was always early wanting to people to feel happiness or have an experience around my work. So, yeah, I really started when I was just a kid. Wow. And art school is like a part of your story. Oh, like, yeah. mm-hmm. like you made your way into art school. Definitely. Like what was that experience like? Yeah. I know it's broken a lot of people. Yeah. Well, you know, I um, I think I was I think I went in very ready. Mm. So um, so I was going to thrive because I I was just sort of 
I just was going to take what I could and get around what I couldn't. You know what I mean? Like, I I just, um, and it was about being in New York, you mm. know. So, like, I, uh, you know, I, I studied art all through high school. I was very fortunate in that, like, you know, I talk a lot about um, of having a lot of instability in my childhood. But then, in fact, when I became, like, 10 years old, I got a, quite a lot of stability, actually. Mm. And my mom was very supportive. She could take me to lessons. She could pay for lessons. You know, a lot of things that kids might not get, suddenly I got at a time when I really could use it. Mm. And so I just went for it, and I was going to all painting classes, private, and going to school. And, you know, so I just knew, like, I was very... Um, ready for it you know and then I got into art school and I just also like I think that I just the thing that I knew at that point in life was I knew how to like glean what worked for you and get around what didn't you know Mm. and so the like I just kind of found my way through it and and my experience in art school was like they weren't very critical as a school at that moment so I didn't have a lot of those very difficult you know discouraging experiences that people might have I almost craved it more I was like where's the critique we almost didn't have it it would just be like nice blue and then that would be the whole conversation you know what I mean like (laughs) you're like I need more I was like what you know and then when I would have teachers come and be critical I was kind of ready for it I'd be like yeah like okay call me to the carpet like what are we talking about here (laughs) or you know say something really cutting like I can take it you know because because it was largely not that kind of environment um Mm -hmm. and because I think I had really um you know, I had filled my affirmation well. I had I had done those things and, and gotten those kind of, um, you know, a lot of encouragement. Yeah. And so where's the crossover into street art? Like I, I said before we started um, the podcast that mm-hmm. my first introduction to you was seeing your work on the street. And yeah. I know that's a really critical space to oh, show yeah. work. Like mm-hmm. even if they're not telling it directly to your face, like you get you g- glean really quickly what people think about your work yeah. <laughs> in, in your peer group. <laughs> yeah, real. Real, yeah. I mean, people will tear it down, people will cross it out, people will protect it, people will do all kinds of things. It, it really becomes this kind of living um, moment. But yeah, so so I kind of came of age before the internet. So what that meant is that my whole entire idea of art was everything you could get at the public library. So it was Vincent van Gogh, it was Renoir, it was very classical, right? And then I got to New York and I was like, what? (laughs) You know, and people were like, oh, a sculpture can be this, a painting can be this, what is a graffiti? Like, what? You know what I mean? It was totally mind-blowing. And so it was such a forceful awakening because it came all at once, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just was like, oh, what is the city? And I just had this feeling like, oh, the city is the artwork. Like, this is the artwork. It's like this beehive and we've made it together. And like, you know, so many of the artists that I loved, I realized that they were being so deeply informed by the aesthetic of the city that I had this kind of desire to just be like well let me just get in it let me just be on it you know you know I won't I'm I won't necessarily take that aesthetic back to my studio I'll just go out in it um and so you know there's a few different kind of like impulses but that was a big one yeah I'm sure that you get asked about the trope of being a woman Mm -hmm. and like going into street art and how how you responded to that or how street art responded to you. Yeah. And, um, can we talk about that sure. a little bit? Yeah, street art responded to me so positively. Really? Uh, honestly, like everyone always expects for me to have a lot more negative stories because graffiti culture in particular is so male-dominated. But I think that what also can sometimes happen is in a super male-dominated space that actually people become hungry for something mm. that changes it up a little, you know? Yeah. And so here I came and like... 
Of course, some people gave me guff and this and that and blah, blah, whatever, you know, of course that happened. But the much bigger experience was all these people being like, get over your little sister, like, <laughs> let's do this. Very encouraging, very excited, very like, oh, that's the girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, or that's a girl, what? You know, a lot of fun surprise, a lot of people being like, yes, yes. And then you're the weirdo, you stand out, so then you're getting curated into the more shows because you're the one thing that's the little different, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, I felt early on, I was like, oh gosh, like everybody wants me to be that girl street artist, you know, in a way that I was almost like, ooh, like, like, like I want to define myself in, in various ways, you know, yeah. or can I be this or do I want to fill this role, you know, and then I quickly decided that everything is a tool, everything is a platform, everything is a tool, and so I was like, you know what, if for a bunch of years I'm going to get opportunities based on X, fine. Use yeah. them. Just use those opportunities. Like, it's all a tool for this kind of larger project of creativity. Yeah, and continuing to, like, grow with what your aesthetic is because mm -hmm. you definitely have a way of describing the world through art. Like, you mm -hmm. have a style, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even when you look at your older works, you can see parts of that in what you're doing now, but mm -hmm. there's definitely been, like, progress and elevation and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it seems like even just looking at the show that we're in right now mm -hmm. here in Container, mm -hmm. you brought the street into the gallery. And, so? Uh, with the materials mm -hmm. that you're wheat pasting on, the found and, objects, yeah. and even the the um, figurative work mm -hmm. that you have. Like, oh, right. Well, all that work was made for the street. Mm -hmm. So this show is still largely sort of retrospective in a way, mm -hmm. so that it's all this work was kind of made with, like, the way works on the street. Like, there was a specific language that I developed to put works outside, and that's all th what all this work mm -hmm. is. And what is that language? Like, can you break down, like, kind mm -hmm. of the ethos? Yeah. I mean, it was sort of like a visual language of, like, well, it should be as big as a person or bigger mm -hmm. because uh, life-size it actually looks too small. So in order to make something look life-size, it has to be more six, seven, eight, nine, ten feet. Mm -hmm. um, I loved it to be flush to the bottom so that it's on the, right on the ground in the city. And then a lot of the stuff that you were talking about, about you seeing these architectural landscapes, seeing these different things, there, this kind of sense that it's a human, but it's also kind of maybe it's opening up to the city landscape or it's telling some kind of story like within the fabric of its of its body and and always kind of feeling like you know the way that humans interact with the landscape I then wanted these drawings to interact sort of in the same way mm. so it's not like a floating square or it's not random that it's really like having this one-to-one -one relationship yeah and your work is so big in this exhibition and in general do you hire teams or collaborate or oh, like yeah. what's that process is it easy for you like mm -hmm. <laughs> um well so the big work I definitely have people who help me with it. Mm. And I actually, you know, it's funny, when I was a waitress, I would spend my waitressing money to help people help me. Really? So I've, all, I've always sought assistance. Um, and it's partly because I would do these things that were so repetitive. I would be like, okay, you know what? If I could do something else and have somebody else do number 50 to 100, because I already know how to do it. It's, this is not, it's literally just a task. It's just cut that square, cut that square, cut the next square. <laughs> like, do it. You know what I mean? So I drew it. I did it already. Just do it. Right? Or like, or like you know, pull the print or like these things. They're like once, once it becomes like an action, mm -hmm. I love to get help for it. I love um, that. Like once it becomes an action. <laughs> yeah. When you're in the unknown, obviously, you can't. I can't get help when I'm in the unknown because I, I'm thinking with my hands or I'm drawing or I'm doing those things that only you can do but the moment that it becomes something that someone else can do I will I'd love to get help with it in <laughs> instant and then that way I kind of think of myself like the science yeah I'm a scientist right mm -hmm. that the moment it's not a question then I don't 
then I don't want, I want to be, I want to take the next question. That's yeah. that's what I'm working on. Yeah. And then there's also actual like true collaborative process. Like, yes. Which is very different. This is not a true collaborative process at all. Yeah. This is very much uh, kind of a direct, even, well, I guess it's just the, it's just the, the artist model um, that it's, that it's, it's, I'm very, very, very specific, like a hundred percent specific about what happens. Yeah. Um, and some people think I'm more collaborative than I am actually. Really? Because I have a lot of big community projects and sometimes I am collaborative on some things. Um, but I'm, I'm not, I'm kind of a controlling person to be honest. <laughs> Most artists. Are. We are, right? I mean, that's what, you know, and I do, the, I love collaboration in these other ways because it teaches me where I, where I, uh, what I don't know, yeah. you know what I mean. What I can't mm. do, where I'm think, where my thinking is boring or stuck or mm. just different, you know. Mm. But um, but in a show like this, I'm very, very, very specific. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I know that you're getting into film more, and stop animation is something that you've been kind of um, looking at for the last, I guess, how long? Five years? Ten years? I mean, feels stop like, motion. Yeah. Oh no, stop motion. Yeah, I get. Whoa, gosh, time flies. I know. Yeah, five years. <gasps> What? <laughs> I'm like I'm like oh no no that's very recent five years. <laughs> well, we lost a couple wow. years. We all like oh my went in, went inside for it's a while. Wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, what is that collaborative process like? Because I have a film background, I mm-hmm. know it's very team based. It's very mm-hmm. like everybody has a task and you're working together for a vision. Well, you know what? My beginning with stop motion, the whole thing about it was just get me alone in a room. Really? Mm-hmm. I just I had been working on so many big projects for so long, and I kind of crashed. Mm. And I was like, I just want like duct tape and a camera. Like I just <laughs> want to be by myself, you know. Um, but now I'm learning to direct, and I'm working toward a feature film, and so I'm learning the level of collaboration that comes in with direction. Mm. But what I love about it so far is it, it feels kind of perfect for me and as far as I understand it, in that you get both to incorporate the creative the creative visions and, and skills that you don't have, but you also get a sense of steering the ship, mm. which it kind of satisfies my both urges, right? Yeah. My urge to be collaborative and controlling at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> a match made in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I never really thought about film like that, but it's it's so team oriented. Mm-hmm. But there is a a director of vision that's always. Right. I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. So, are you still working in like woodblock printing? Are you still doing street work, or have you kind of just moved beyond that into yeah. like larger gallery space? Um, well, I had to for my own self and kind of boundaries and time and creative mind space, I had to stop making street art any of any kind, uh, really, um, in 2017. So when I started doing the animation, I put down street art because I, every single thing I had done up until that point for, you know, it was 18 years. I, this was all I thought about. And even though I was doing other projects, it still, it was the thing that I always came back to. And I, I felt it was like I was stacking plates on top. And I was like, I cannot put a new plate on top unless I take the one off the bottom, you know? <laughs> and I just really had to do that. So, yeah, I don't do any more street 
work. Occasionally I will do like a paste up mural if it really like works with everything else and supports my other work. Yeah. Also these gallery installations, like this one is basically a retrospective installation. Mm -hmm. So it's all works that already existed. Yeah. Um, but I am developing new work kind of con connected with my film. Yeah. Um, and I am doing a, a little bit of block printing is sneaking back into that. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> but just a little bit, just yeah. a little bit. Um, as I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of, because the film, you know, I'm sort of building a whole new language and world for myself. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know yet, like, what are the art objects that come out of the film? Like, it's, you know, I'm really, it's Ugly Duckling, and it's been Ugly Duckling for a few years now. It's, it's just like that, you know? <laughs> That's it's like you it go is. off map, and then you're just off map for like a while. <laughs> like, what are we doing? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I completely know what you're talking about. And my galleries are like, is there like a body of work we can do? I'm like, no, I'm very sorry. And they're like, but this work is a little boring. Like, this is all like, eight years old, 10 years old. And I'm like, well, ah, it's a new color. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I literally cannot show this other stuff yet. It's too lumpy and weird. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing yet. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get it. You have to, like, know how to present it how you want it to be presented how yeah. you want it to or it's be not seen. even there's no series yet everything's weird one-offs which is great like the, I mean I, I can make a show like that but again like I, I think that I like to have bodies of work I like yeah. to have the a big a language like I've always felt a visit like you're building a language and like you don't build a language on two syllables mm -hmm. you have to have hundreds of syllables dozens of you know letters hundreds of words yes. this, you know what I mean you have to have all the tools in this kind of breadth to really to be like boom this is my language yes and so I'm I'm still in ba 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 da 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 I'm still just syllables <laughs> yeah that's so that's so beautiful to think about too because I feel like a lot of times like even the way we talk about the art world as the art market like mm -hmm. it feels like capitalism does drive like production and mm -hmm. time and mm -hmm. I just feel like kind of owning and setting boundaries and being like, no, I'm deciding the time mm -hmm. that you receive it. Yeah. Like, And at some point as an artist, it feels like you should arrive to that space where you get to dictate a little yeah. bit yeah. of like how it's received. And that's what I do feel fortunate that this body of work, you know, printmaking, that it's, it's, there's, um, the body of work is big, so mm -hmm. it's it's allowing me. It's like a battery that's burning me into this next phase, which I'm just grateful for. Mm. You know, it's um, it's really kind of making it's making a path for me to be able to get to this next step. Yeah, and you talked about the stop motion is kind of like your way to like regenerate and like kind of step away from all of that pressure. And mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people, a lot of artists, like burn out and they can't meet the demands of yeah. like what is expected of them and like how do you navigate that other than like shutting yourself in your studio yeah. like are there ways of protecting yourself in the art world yeah um I, you know to be honest I, I like I was saying I think I kind of crashed mm. um because no one tell no one talks to you about this stuff no one te no one's really teaching you right or yeah. I don't know I wasn't yeah you know we were just out there we were just boom you know we we my scene got going I was 22, 23, I was a baby, oh right? You know, I was just getting out of college and then boom, 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 things are starting to happen. I'm 25, 26, 27. 27, I'm like in these major circumstances, but I'm a child, right? <laughs> I'm a baby. And so I'm burning out. I'm treating myself all these type of ways, you know? And then I, I run that for like another 10 years and then 
I just lost it, you know, and I, um, you know, both my parents passed away. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of unresolved trauma from uh, growing up in a family with a lot of mental illness and addiction. And it was just one too many things. And so like the necessity to sort of emotionally process like what was happening in my life. Um, in, and in addition, the like almost like the symptoms, like my behaviors, my coping strategies, all the shit that I was doing because I was a child of all that, it all started to pile up and to catch up with me and then the creative burnout, everything happened at the same time and I I almost gave up my studio and luckily I had a wise um, kind of loving collector mother figure in my life who was like, no, just just put everything to sleep, but don't throw it away, you mm. know? And so I found a way to do that. And I found a way to step away for a while. Um, and I'm deeply fortunate in that my body of work continued to have enough of a market to keep me going into this next phase. You know, and then there was another fortunate event where uh, suddenly this the animation could become NFTs. The mm. animation was already made. I had no way of selling it or, or recouping any of that investment that I had made in it. And suddenly, boom, it arrived. And that allowed me to do a bunch of work toward the feature film because I, the feature film is very much, it's not, it's a weird process. Like there's, I know there's a whole way people do feature films, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just inventing it myself, my own little weird language, you know? So I, ha I nobody's trying to fund that. Nobody ever is like, what the hell are you doing? You know, like nobody's like stepping up to be like, this makes sense to us. So I needed to do that myself a little bit for a while and that was what happened with nfts came through you know i did a whole six months just out of that it was really great so like um you know i i i don't even know it's like it's just like that thing of working really hard and getting tons of luck and channeling the fucking forces and <laughs> like just you know like you know let's yeah. baby let's get through this <laughs> one foot in front of the other <laughs> yeah absolutely it's wild how blessings and like um gifts that come through hard work mm -hmm. like it's not like it's not luck, you know, no, but you yeah. definitely work hard. But how all of those blessings come attached with, like, a lot of hard introspection and work. Mm. Like, gifts are not free, mm. <laughs> you know. You have to yeah. energetically exchange with the universe or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and just, like, keep the faith, you mm -hmm. know. Like, for me, the... I am such a believer, and I'm actually more of a believer now. And I think, like, you know, I've always sort of felt that people need some spirituality, whatever that is, because I sort of have this feeling like the material world is an equation that will never add up. There mm. will always be a deficit, right? Mm, yeah. And, like, somehow the thing where you can suddenly be like, Oh, today two plus two is eight. Sweet. That's gonna help me on the day that it ends up to be one point five. <laughs> like whatever, you know. And yeah. like and like there needs for me, I'm like, there has to be like a, an inner light that generates just a little more light than you put in. There has to be like somewhere that 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 those miracles come out of because because we jump on faith as artists all the time, mm -hmm. you know? And so like and so for me, my kind of, my faith comes from like many places, but like one of them is I just am such a deep believer in like the inherent magic of the creative process. Mm. 
Yeah, it's such a healing tool. Like when all else fails, like you sit down with your materials and you actually are in an act of like birthing and creation. Mm -hmm. And it's just making me think about some of the visual language that Mm -hmm. you have around like mothering and caretaking. And it very much feels like a relationship a lot of artists have Mm -hmm. with their practice. Right. And can you talk about bringing that visual language into the art world, bringing breastfeeding, mm-hmm. bringing birth mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. spaces mm-hmm. that it's been taboo or it's been very exotified or, you know, very male gaze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've always felt like since I was a kid that like that specificity of like, I'm going to have a voice that's going to be mine and that's going to matter. And it's just going to look different and show up different. And we're seeing that, you know, as the art world wakes up to that and realizes that people need to be telling their own stories in their own ways. Mm. Um, And I've always felt that to be true of, of me. And, and part of the, you know, when I started to really get deep into imagery around motherhood was first when I lost my mother, Mm. that I was in the middle of grieving the loss of my mother. And I just needed to look at motherhood and nurturing and what that meant, you know, and then at that same time, I was making the decision whether or not to be a mother. And I felt I had this feeling where I was like, I have to look at this straight. I have to deeply look at it. I cannot let this moment in my life fly by and just be like, whoops, I didn't make a decision. And now I'm in my forties. You know what I mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this in and I'm going to look at it. And I'm going to be like, even though ultimately what I decided was that I did not want to have a baby. I did not want to be a mother in that sense of hosting a baby in my body. I felt this feeling of like, wow, my body's incredible. It could do that if I wanted to. I'm going to resonate with that super hard and just be like, fuck yeah, I'm amazing. You know, (laughs) you're amazing. This is cool. Like, this is scary. This is wow, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I have, I have found that there is, there, there remains like a pretty deep taboo around birth imagery. Mm. Um, and actually yesterday at the show was so cool. Um, that we had a little private opening and, Judy Chicago came and Nadja from Pussy Riot came and it was like, what? Like, you know, and like, and yeah, Judy, like that whole birth project that she did and like, you know, so it's, it's, there is like a lineage even in this, in this art world, capital A art world space of Mm -hmm. women trying to kind of, you know, push, push for this, this sort of, yeah, just to have these images. Yeah. To be whole people. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Who can carry life. Yeah. <laughs> and like, why the hell do we have all these paintings of people getting their heads cut off? And that's fine. But like, God forbid bringing life. Oh, we should hide this. I know. <laughs> and the the exotification of like gun violence and like all of that. And yeah. like, they're like, oh, no, a vagina. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and like, I will admit, like, I will follow all those birthing accounts. And whenever they pop up on my IG, I'm always like, <laughs> Like, I am not, I am not unsqueamish about that imagery. You know, it truly is powerful and, like, deep in your body and, like, whoa. You know, and I I get that, but it's, like, um, but it's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah, talk about that magic of (laughs) creation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and so how do you relate to, like, the word feminism or feminist? I mean, I know you've been called that throughout your Mm -hmm. career Mm -hmm. because of the space you hold is kind of like the one woman oftentimes. Right, right, right. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I think I have a the journey where when I was a kid, I was um, almost like I had an internalized misogyny mm. that it took me a long time to get over. So just to even be able to embrace feminism, I think you know took me years, mm. and uh, and I've I've had these moments with young women in their twenties where they're like whatever, blah, blah. and I'm like oh I know I've been I've been in that spot you know where it's it's you know and then and then I'm really also curious about the space that we're in now where we're starting to sort of just like open up the sense of like what gender can be mm-hmm. and 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 feeling feeling where feminism kind of sits and fits within that mm-hmm. and like the the sort of softness and the opening of the sense of of you know what gender is and and wanting to still celebrate myself with that within that mm-hmm. you know to be like to be like I celebrate a spectrum of gender and I celebrate myself as somebody who identifies as a pretty feminine person but also you know also I have my own queerness and my own um you know the sort of energies that run through my body at different times in my life or different different times in my you know human interactions or or things like that and so you know and and so kind of liking to explore to just be like yeah what is feminism now you know it keeps getting reinvented and yeah and people you know these young generations are coming along and just teaching us stuff like I'm 40 I'm about to turn 45 now so I'm part of the generation that needs to get those lessons like okay like women these young women and these young like gender non-conforming people coming up like t- what is it you tell me now I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yes it's time for us to sit down and listen right? yeah. I love that and I love the fluidity of that mm-hmm. like we shouldn't ever have the prescription or like know all the answers like even though we're in our 40s like we Mm -hmm. should continue to learn and be humbled you know I love that so much because because young generations are born with this innate knowledge that Mm -hmm. is like it's fresh with them so it's this I am very curious about yeah just the stuff they're able to know and because we made the space for them you know what I mean but it's so (laughs) interesting like I feel like they are able to have realizations that we could not have Mm -hmm. and and in some ways yes it's thanks to the work that we've done but it's that it's like oh cool now now teach me the thing that you now know because of all the space that Judy and us and all these other people made <laughs> for you guys to have but now we want to listen now yes. you, we, you ought to be the teacher I love that <laughs> it's it is definitely yeah just very holistic mm-hmm. the circle continuing you know mm. and a lot of artists that I interview like talk about looking to elders to like learn how to like sustain mm. throughout an entire practice yes, and yes. all of that and do you have mentors or older um, figures in your life who you continue to counsel with and does that feed you? Yeah. You know, I think it's pretty recent actually that Judy, at Judy Chicago, Mm -hmm. you know, she's the reason I'm out here in New Mexico. She connected me with this gallery. And she, um, I think she sort of recognized, you know, we've always had like a little communication and we started, so we were going to, not always, but for many years, we were going to work on a project that fell through for just logistical reasons. And, but she then, I think she saw a lot of young women street artists pointing at me Mm. and she was like, that's, that's like me, you know, that's like what, and so she like reached out to me for something and very quickly we just started to have this deep, like loving kind of mother daughter sort of feeling. And she calls me my, her art daughter and I call her my art mom (laughs) and we've had like just a lot of great moments around that. And, and, um, and one thing that she did that I just you know, strongly, she brought me to her studio and she showed me all her archiving. Mm. And she was like, you have to be the one that does this for yourself. Wow. She was like, female erasure is real. Like, the system will try to consolidate its power around you and, and suck you out. 
and you have to be the one that says, I will not disappear. Mm. Um, and that was just profound. Wow. That was just profound. You know, she was like, you have to do this. You have to keep your archives. You have to keep your records. You have to, you have to, you know, do your, even do some of your own scholarship sometimes mm -hmm. because people have to have a way to study you and no one else is going to do this for you. Yeah. And, or else it's from a, a masculine or male lens. Right. Or, and she was like, or not at all. They're just, mm. they're just going to close in around you and try to make you disappear. And I, I really see that in some ways. And so I really, you know, I feel like that was, that was a lesson, like just a strong, very potent kind of like from the elders, like this has happened to me. And this is, I have to tell the young women coming up next that to not let this happen to them either. Yeah, that's an incredible piece of advice mm -hmm. because I think there's an expectation like when you go through art school, like when you're done, everything's taken care of. That's and right. There'll be a gallery like <laughs> daddy who's that's gonna right. like yeah. hook it up. and Yeah, who's gonna keep all, and who's gonna archive it and make sure it doesn't disappear and make sure it's not just a flash in the pan and blah, blah, blah. <sighs> and, and that is not, um, you know, in my case necessarily been the case. Mm. Um, and in her case wasn't the case, you know, that there's, and, and maybe for many people and, and probably yeah. also for many, you know, male identifying artists as well. But there's just you get these moments and everyone loves it. But then guess what? It falls out of fashion. Right. <laughs> and so and, and then all suddenly it's all forgotten and you're on to the next thing. And mm -hmm. and um, and so just that question of like of like, do you want your work to contribute to this larger conversation? And, yeah. and do you want, you know, to not get erased? Yes. Female erasure wow. and not let that happen. And that's like one thing that I really look to Judy for an understanding of. And, you know, the other things that I, that I deeply identify is just like her sense of, of, of constant collaboration. Mm. And that like that, that way of, you know, adopting each other and of continuing to amplify each other. Mm -hmm. um, and that, like, collaborating is how we build community. You yeah. know, it's how we get to know each other and, and mm -hmm. you know, even, like, moments like this, right? Like, yeah. I bet you have a great community around this podcast. Yeah. It's, like, how cool is it to get to sit across the table from somebody and, like, share this? Yeah, it, it is. And just to, like, ignite this kind of um, idea sharing, you yeah. know? And there's mm -hmm. so many people who don't have access yeah. to, like, a Judy Chicago or, like, that next generation. Right. So, like, this is an archive for those who mm -hmm. who don't have that community, you right. know? And yeah. I love that, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like you must be building your own community, right? Like, yes. that's how I build my community is I work with people. Yeah. And then now we know each other. Now we've sat across the table. Now we, you know. <laughs> now we can know each other. And that's, yeah. it's so true. Like, mm -hmm. the amount of, like, long-term relationships and mm -hmm. friendships and collaborations mm -hmm. I've had through doing this work. And, like, a lot of repair, too. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of people, like, getting on this podcast and just being like oh my gosh like there's a whole other world <laughs> that I'm yeah. not tapping into mm. so yeah well I hear the world out there <laughs> yeah kind of calling you uh -huh. um but I wanted to ask you a final question of like advice if you were the Judy Chicago for all of these people listening who mm -hmm. you may never meet like mm -hmm. what is something what is some advice or like some wisdom that you could share that you kind of wish that you had been given? Mm. Gosh, gosh, gosh. I mean, I feel like the, for me, the most important thing has always been to truly trust your creative process. And, and, and what does that mean? You can, okay, fine, it's a nice sentence, but what does it mean? Yeah. And for me, what it means is, when you have a, an impulse or an idea, it does not have to make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't have to 
give you its 10-year plan. It doesn't have to explain why your friends are going to like it. It doesn't have to explain why it's not going to fuck up your life. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. You have to trust it. So if that impulse, you know, for me, it has come up so many times. When I first started to work out on the street, I was terrified. I yeah. was like, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? This is not even, this is weird. No, there wasn't a big movement around it. Nobody was, like, raking it in. It wasn't all these things that happened later. But when I started, it was like, oh, great. So not only are you not making any living, you can be getting to jail. So, like, that sounds like a cool plan. <laughs> Why don't you do that? That sounds great. You know what I mean? Like, what the hell are you doing? Right? And my friend said this great thing to me, my friend who grew up in a wonderful artist family and he just had so much wisdom and he said make the good thing first mm. just make the good thing first mm. everything else will, will happen around it you know and then again I get this urge to build rafts right <laughs> yeah and I'm in the middle of this moment where I could have gone to this next level with xyz very staid kind of fine art blah 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 no this is my inner voice needs to build rafts and I'm like oh you exhaust me what are you doing you're a nut you're a nut you're all over the place right but like no it doesn't have to explain it to you like I did it so many people are like what in the hell are you doing now 10 years later so many people are like oh that's the best work you've ever yes. done over yeah. and over yeah. and I'm like well, that was this completely wackadoo thing that I just I don't know I just needed to do it I needed to do it I needed to do it you know mm -hmm. and so I feel like it's just it's just a matter of being like, yeah, that little impulse, that little voice, that is what it is, and you have to follow it. And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have a creative ideas or this or that. You do. You do. It's just a matter of being like, uh, of, of following the pull. I, I like the blue. I like the grab the thing. You know, I love the artist way. I would tell people, I don't know, I haven't done it in a long time, but I loved it. Did you know that book? Yes, yes. I think do it. You know, she talks about being like, just follow the impulse. Mm -hmm. Just follow it. Yes. You know, and that was like some of the best advice. Yeah. And that it doesn't matter how small it is. It doesn't matter if the impulse is like, I just want some blue jelly beans today, or like, I just want to like put my foot on that grass. That, that can be the first step. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be big. And it'll lead you to the next one. And that is what following that voice is. Yeah. Trusting your intuition is so important mm -hmm. and I think in our fear-based culture like we're really taught to like numb that out yeah or to just ask it to tell you the five-year plan and guess what <laughs> it's not gonna tell you it might know it might even know. I'm not convinced that it doesn't know. But 100%, it is not telling you. <laughs> At least my muse. My muse is very trust-based. She's just like, come with me. And like, she's like, I'm going to tell you step one. And that's all you get. And like, it's almost like a rite of passage. Like, if you don't, if you don't trust me enough to follow step one, then you're not going to get step two. <laughs> So that's my advice. Just just follow. Step just one. Just follow step one. Follow it into the dark. Follow it into the irrational space. It's got a plan. Just relax. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Thank Kelly. you. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah, this. Yeah, it's been so nice. Yes. I love just, uh, yeah, connecting is so sweet. Yeah, it's so good. First, I'd like to say that I'm sorry.